It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our bodies. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. I so appreciate you listening. Be sure and tell your friends and family about us as well. Uh, As you know, we look at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And uh, you each are treasured. You're each valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team. That's producer Joe, producer Luke, Rachel, Nicole, Echo, Zach, Charlie, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. It is Thursday, producer Joe. Happy Thursday, Kim. And uh, we've got a great show planned for you. Uh, We actually, in this first hour, are going to play uh, 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 something that we recorded last year right around this time with Colonel Bill Rutledge, retired United States Air Force. He's 95 years young. And, uh, and Alan Thomas was in studio and stayed in for the interview as well because it's about John Heisman, and the Heisman Trophy will be awarded this Saturday uh, to a college football player. And Colonel Rutledge said, hey, you know, it is, it's important that we know about this guy. And so we had uh, recorded this last year, and we thought, well, let's just go ahead and, and dust that off. And so we will be... Uh, Uh, broadcasting that here in the first hour. Second hour, Natalie Minton, uh, who is with the Tabor Foundation, and uh, Brandon Wark, who is the founder of Free State Colorado, really keep an eye on what is happening regarding taxes here in Colorado. And so I wanted to talk with them and get their read on this uh, recent Colorado special session, which uh, ostensibly was to reduce our massive uh, property tax increases, but all kinds of other stuff actually happened. And so we'll chat with them uh, about that. And uh, so you won't want to miss that. And of course, Karen Levine, great sponsor of the show. will get an update regarding real estate here in Colorado as well. Thank you to Laramie Energy and Caris Oil and Gas for their sponsorship of the show. And also Hooters Restaurants is a great sponsor of the show as well. Uh, They have five locations, Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. And uh, lunch specials Monday through Friday. And uh, Wednesdays are Wednesday. Buy 20 wings. Get an additional 10 for free. That's for to-go or for to-dine-in. And how I got to know them, it's such an important story. As we see what's happening in our country regarding overreaching government, PBIs, and their their agendas. And uh, that's why this story is so important. And it's a story about freedom and free markets and capitalism and PBIs who are trying to exert um, power way beyond their control. And so you don't want don't to miss that. Today is, oh, let's get, well, that's all related. Uh, our word of the day 
let's get over to it, is infamy. And uh, this day, as FDR said, will live on in infamy because this is the day that the Japanese uh, bombed Pearl Harbor, Oahu, Hawaii. And that was December 7th, 1941. And so the word infamy, it's spelled I-N-F-A-M-Y, and it is a noun, uh, and uh, it said it could be a very bad reputation or notoriety, as achieved infamy as the central figure in the scandal, uh, the condition of being infamous or disgrace, a name that will live in infamy, and an evil or criminal act that is publicly known. And again, FDR uh, the next day gave his famous, uh, it's called his infamy speech that uh, December 7th, 1941 will live on in infamy. So uh, again, this was the attack on Pearl Harbor and wanted to give you a little more history on that in just a moment. Uh, I went to Chester W. Nimitz for our our, um, quote of the day. He was born in 1885. He died in 1966. He was a fleet admiral in the United States Navy and he played a major role in the naval history of World War II as Commander-in-Chief for the U.S. Pacific Fleet and Commander-in-Chief for the Pacific Ocean Areas, commanding Allied Air, Land, and Sea Forces during World War II. And he said the U.S.'s major strength factor and weapon is its economy. If you cripple it, you cripple the military. And I thought this is so appropriate for what we see is happening right now in 2023 America and our world uh, with the big meeting for the (coughs) COP28 uh, that is meeting in in Dubai right now. 80,000 people are there and they will be pushed out as acolytes to push this agenda uh, of basically will be crippling the United States economy and Western Europe has already been uh, a little bit busy uh, doing that. But just think about that. 80,000 acolytes, you put Bloomberg's money behind that. You put all this big money, government money, that goes to all these different colleges and universities for research projects to uh, many times the the uh, research uh, actually uh, gets to the uh, predetermined uh, explanation on whatever the issue it is. And uh, we see that actually what this is going to do is to cripple the U.S. economy. And here you have Chester Nimitz that says our great strength and our uh, is and our weapon is our economy. And of course, we do see what's happening with our military as well is um, recruitment numbers are at um, pretty close to record lows, if not record lows. And so we see over here trying to cripple the economy. Our military is being weakened because of public policy. And one has to ask, ask what is going on? But uh, I, I uh, let's see what, uh, let's just do the, these two quick headlines. And then I will, I want to go back to Pearl Harbor. But John Kerry, <laughs> uh, he, uh, let's see, this was December 5th from Fox Business. John Kerry pledges to slash emissions from uh, air conditioning units and refrigerators to fight climate change. And he is, uh, his current title is U.S. Uh, Special Envoy for Climate. 
and he made this commitment at the COP28, which is the annual United Nations Climate Change Summit. And then back in 2015, I had never heard this, but this was also, there was a lot of different news sources that you could find this. And uh, I pulled this from the Free Beacon that uh, Carrie says, air conditioners, again, when was this? Let me get to the date, hopefully. July 22, 2016. John Kerry says air conditioners are as big a threat as ISIS. So when John Kerry talks about climate change and that uh, things are going to get warmer, uh, well, they actually are for Americans because air conditioning was something, once it was uh, became prevalent, the U.S. economy became even more efficient because in the warmer states, uh, we could actually um, work uh, during the day when it was, was hot because of air conditioning. And so it became, we became more effective and also more comfortable. And uh, you're going to see from a regulation standpoint, John Kerry coming after our air conditioners. I was speaking yesterday with someone I would say who's more apolitical. And my friend said, now that's where I'm going to use the Second Amendment. If they come after my air conditioner, I'm going to say no. And I and uh, he, he said, I'll give up my TV before I will give up my air conditioner. And uh, so, but we do have John Kerry uh, coming after your air conditioner. Uh, and so again, yes, it is going to get warmer. But it's, uh, I don't think it's because of man-made climate change. I think it's, well, I guess this would be man-made climate change as well because this is a policy thing. So <clears throat> anyway, that's what he's saying over in Dubai right now. And I'm pretty sure he didn't get there by boat. And even if he got there by boat, it would not have been sailboat. It would have been boats and planes that are uh, fueled by uh, oil and gas and, uh, and uh, of course, the Boats and planes and all that have all kinds of products from derivatives from petroleum as well. So, but uh, many of you I know know the history of uh, Pearl Harbor, but I just wanted to make sure that that we talked about it again. And uh, it was 1941, and many people do not know that immediately the Japanese were also attacking the Philippines. And uh, so, anyway, it says the uh, this is from. History.com says the attack on Pearl Harbor was a surprise, but Japan and the United States have been edging toward war for decades. The United States was particularly unhappy with Japan's increasingly belligerent attitude toward China, and the Japanese government believed that the only way to solve its economic and demographic problems was to expand into its neighbor's territory and take over its import market. To this end, Japan declared war on China in 1937, resulting in the Nanking Massacre and other atrocities. American officials responded to this aggression with a battery of economic sanctions and trade embargoes, and they reasoned that without access to money and goods, especially essential supplies like oil, Japan would have to rein in its expansionism. Instead, the sanctions made the Japanese more determined to stand their ground, and during months of negotiations between Tokyo, 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 I used to be able to say that, and Washington, D.C., neither side would budge. It seemed that war was all but inevitable. 
So Pearl Harbor is located near the center of the Pacific Ocean, roughly about 2,000 miles from the U.S. mainland and about 4,000 miles from Japan. And no one really believed that Jap- the Japanese would start a war with an attack on the distant islands of uh, Hawaii. Additionally, American intelligence officials were confident that any Japanese attack would take place in one of the uh, relatively nearby European colonies in the South Pacific, for example, the Dutch, Dutch East Indies, Singapore, or Indochina. Because American military leaders were not expecting attacks so close uh, to the home, the naval facilities at Pearl Harbor were relatively undefended. Almost the entire Pacific fleet was moored around Ford Island in the harbor, and hundreds of airplanes were squeezed onto adjacent airfields. And to the Japanese, Pearl Harbor was an irresistibly easy target. And the Japanese plan was simple, destroy the Pacific fleet. That way the Americans would not be able to fight back as Japan's armed forces spread across the South Pacific. So on December 7th, after months of planning and practice, the Japanese launched their attack. And about 8 a.m., the Japanese planes filled the sky over Pearl Harbor. Bombs and bullets rained onto the vessels moored below. At 8.10 a.m., an 1,800-pound bomb smashed through the deck of the battleship of USS Arizona and landed in her forward munition magazine. The ship exploded and sank with more than 1,000 men trapped inside. Next, torpedoes pierced the shell of the battleship of the USS Oklahoma, And with 400 sailors aboard, the Oklahoma lost her balance, rolled onto her side, and slipped underwater. And actually, on the Oklahoma is where a cousin of my uh, father's, uh, my father was on the Oklahoma and died there. And uh, actually, we, um, gosh, within the last couple of years, the Navy uh, had identified his remains, and his remains were brought back to Mound City, Missouri. Uh, and buried there. And many of my cousins and I were there for that. And it's a a good moment now to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation. Uh, And one of the great things that they're doing as they're raising money for the remodel of the Marine Memorial is uh, you can buy a brick to honor your loved one's military service. And that will be on one of the pathways of service. But you'll get a beautiful certificate, which is a lovely gift uh, here as we're in Hanukkah season and uh, Christmas season. And uh, I actually purchased a brick for my father to honor his military service, and he just passed on last week. But I'd given him that as a gift. It was one of the best gifts I'd ever given him. And then I also purchased a brick to honor my father's cousin, who died on the Oklahoma. But uh, continuing on, oh, again, to get more information, go to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That is USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And it says, less than two hours, the surprise attack was over, and every battleship in Pearl Harbor, the Arizona, Oklahoma, California, West Virginia, Utah, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and Nevada had sustained significant damage. Uh, but the even though the attack crippled or destroyed nearly 20 American ships and more than 300 uh, airplanes, dry docks and airfields were likewise destroyed. More importantly, more than tw- uh, 2,000 people died, about 2,400. But the Japanese had failed to cripple the Pacific Fleet. By the 1940s, battleships were no longer the most important naval vessel. Aircraft carriers were. And as it happened, all of the Pacific Fleet's carriers were away from the base on December 7. Some had returned to the mainland, and others were delivering planes uh, to troops on Midway and Wake Islands. 
And moreover, the uh, Pearl Harbor assault had left the base's most vital onshore facilities, the oil storage depots, the repair shops, shipyards, and submarine docks intact. As a result, the U.S. Navy was uh, able to rebound relatively quickly from the attack. So again, December 7th, 1941 uh, is... uh, a day, as FDR said, that will live on in infamy. And uh, so wanted to bring us up to our history uh, regarding that. Uh, let's see, just a couple of other things. This is pretty unbelievable, and this is all over the news, that uh, right here um, uh, from, uh, again, can you believe it? When I say Colorado is at the tip of the steer- spear, I'm not kidding. And this was reported in many different news <clears throat> Uh, uh, entities, but this is from Fox News, uh, where I pulled this headline. It says, Dad felt helpless as daughter hid in bathroom having ha- uh, after ha- being forced to share a bed with a boy, with a biological male. And it says, Christian parents from Colorado have complained that their 11-year-old daughter's school district allegedly forced her to share a bed with a biological male on an overnight trip. The dad told Fox News Digital in an interview that he felt helpless to protect his daughter from the situation. Says the parents, Joe and Serena Wales, said they discovered that Jefferson County Public Schools assigned their daughter to share a room with a boy who identifies as a girl without notifying them or informing their daughter. The Christian legal group Alliance Defending Freedom sent a demand letter to JCPS on behalf of the Colorado parents, alleging that its policy of hiding information from parents and lying to students is unconstitutional. And it was a bit of a shock. It was a helpless feeling, said Joe Wales. Here I am. She was calling me and texting me from the bathroom because she didn't want the other kids to overhear what she was saying. So it's pretty helpless feeling when your daughter is hiding in a bathroom. She's trying to convey a message to you, 11 years old, remember, my friends, and you're 2,000 miles away. And the mom happened to have been on a uh, trip and was able to intervene in the situation. You wonder where, actually, where were the teachers on this? And again, when I talk about us uh, being at the tip of the spear here in Colorado, we truly, truly are. I did want to mention also the Center for American Values. Another great gift is uh, their great little quote book, and it's quotes from many of our Medal of Honor recipients. And uh, I would highly recommend a trip down to the Center for American Values. They're portraits of valor of over 160 of our uh, Medal of Honor recipients is so inspiring. And so I would recommend that you uh, check that out as well. Uh, the Center for American Values is non-political and it's nonpartisan. It's honoring our Medal of Honor recipients and creating these great educational programs uh, that will help continue to instill in us these values of honor, integrity, and patriotism and provide these uh, educational resources so that the, we, we can teach that those, uh, those things to our children as well. And I guess um, going back to this Jefferson County thing, it's important that we as parents, community members, grandparents understand exactly what is going on. That's why also check out artclubmovie.com. That's Art Club Movie. That is the story of Aaron Lee, John Lee, and their family. And again, uh, we need to refer to those that are being referred to as transgender, as boys or men that are wanting to dress up as women uh, or be uh, be women, but they are biological males. They are males, boys and men. And we need to refer to them as such. 
And uh, um, again, I wanted to say thank you to Laramie Energy, Karis Oil and Gas for their gold sponsorship of the show. And also the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. Roger and his team can create personalized insurance plans to cover all your needs, from protection for your cars to your home, condo, boat, motorcycle, business, and renter's coverage. And Roger has been in business for 47 years, helping his uh, clients, serving the community, and taking care of his family. And so they can create these personalized plans just for you. I sat down with them. Uh, and they've done a beautiful job uh, for me, and they are my um, my insurance agent. But so for more of that more personalized service, contact the Roger Mangan team at 303-795-8855 for a complimentary appointment. It does not cost you anything. And uh, again, they can create something that works just specifically for you and your family, and uh, they can help with all your needs. Those could be uh, home, condo, boat, motorcycle, business, and renter's coverage. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. So I switched my insurance to the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Agency. Get this. I actually talked to Roger Mangan, who has been helping people with their insurance coverage in our community for 47 years. He helped me create a State Farm personalized price insurance plan for my home and auto and explained affordable options. For personalized service and peace of mind that you are working with a team that cares about you and your family, call Roger Mangan now at 303-795-8855. Kim highly recommends the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. Again, that number is 303-795-8855. Focused and wise marketing is essential for your success, especially during tough economic times. If you love the Kim Munson Show, strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in America. Then talk with Kim about partnership, sponsorship opportunities. Email Kim at KimMunson.com. Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com. Okay, let's change gears here. We have uh, re, um, Colonel Bill Rutledgeon, retired United States Air Force, uh, and uh, he's he's become a great friend, and he's an amazing researcher, and so many life experiences. Colonel Rutledge, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. Okay, Colonel Rutledge, let's just jump right in here. You had mentioned John Heisman to me, and uh, he was. Uh, you said he was a classic Renaissance man, and. Um, Uh, And tomorrow evening uh, at the Downtown Athletic Club in Manhattan, the Heisman Trophy will be awarded. And this is uh, one of the greatest honors for a college football player. And uh, but you said John Heisman was a a remarkable man. So tell us a little bit about him, Colonel Rutledge. Well, John John Heisman, first of all, he was born uh, with uh, he was the first of three. Well, he was one of three brothers. And his parents both were immigrants from Germany, and they came over just before the Civil War. And he was born in 1869 in Cleveland, and his father was a barrel maker. And because of that, um, they moved to Titusville, Pennsylvania. And the reason for their move was in 18, um, rather, yeah, in 1859, the first oil well 
in the world was drilled in Titusville, Pennsylvania. And his father was a barrel maker. So he went there to help uh, work in that field and to, and he really formed a company and expanded and became uh, very prosperous. He had uh, customers like uh, uh, John Rockefeller and uh, a few others that we have come to know in the investment field. Um, so he was very successful. But uh, the son, John, John was, uh, first of all, he was very smart. He was, uh, not only was he intellectual, but he was very gregarious. He was uh, uh, a great orator. Uh, he, was a, he was an excellent writer. He did so many things as he was growing up. He also loved sports. And at the time, he and his brothers played what became American football, but really it was more like rugby in England. We went through transitions. Uh, rugby started in England in the 1820s, but rug rugby was a transition from soccer. So it went soccer to rugby and then later to American football. So he was a person in the transitional period so that some of the features of rugby were there, but also some of the features which we see today. So he was an innovator. And uh, <clears throat> he uh, was very successful in high school. And uh, when he was finishing, he finished number two in his class academically. And he gave one of the two addresses at graduation. And um, he knew he was going on to college. And his father wanted him to become a lawyer. And so their first choice for school was that he should go to Brown University, which he did. And he went to Brown for two years, and uh, Brown did not have a football team, so he was a, he played in a club sport. And after two years, um, he decided to make the transfer to the University of Pennsylvania that had a good law school. So he went to the University of Pennsylvania and became a student and decided to play on their football team. Now he was like about 150 pounds. Um, but he actually played center on the football team. But in those days, uh, the coach, if they had a coach, because it, it was very amateurish, they would invite students to come out and play football. And so it was open to anyone, but he loved the sport. So this got him into the academic community, and uh, there was so much to follow on. So I, I need for you to be inquisitive about where he went from there, because there are a lot of things about him. Well, it's it's very fascinating, and you sent over some notes regard the, regarding this, and uh, you said that he, he was nearly blinded. So what happened there? Yes. Uh, well, when he was a senior, he, they played a game in Madison Square Garden, and uh, the Madison Square Garden in that era, they had a dirt floor, and uh, they also had some of the pioneer electric lighting and um, it was not as good as today and what happened was that they lowered some of their lights to work on them and then with all this dirt and, and these uh, rays from the lights and things in this game that they were playing by the time the game was over he could hardly see and for several days thereafter there was a concern that he might even go blind but nevertheless, his vision was severely obstructed. 
Now, he still had another semester to go to finish up his academic program. So what he did, he, he, he couldn't read his law books. Um, so he had a roommate that would read in the, in the evening, would read the lessons to him. Wow. And then he would recite those in class. Well, he wasn't able to take a written exam. So what he did, he persuaded his professors that he should be given permission to answer all the questions orally. And this is what they did. It was, it was a complete change from normal procedure. But nevertheless, he was able to graduate and get his degree because he went in for oral presentation um, like you do for uh, applying for a Ph.D. in college where you do the written and the orals. And he was a unique man. He was that smart and um, well-received by his professors. So he exactly he finished, got his degree. Absolutely fascinating. So, Colonel Rutledge, let's go to break. We're talking about John Heisman, for whom the Heisman Trophy is named. And, Colonel Rutledge, when you and I were talking in preparation for this, you said that there was a, a Heisman Trophy winner, what, back in the 60s or 70s, that said who's, <laughs> you didn't know anything about John Heisman, but it had received the trophy, right? Well, that's true. But he was speaking really for probably many of the people who'd received it before and some that received it later. Um, just because you get a trophy and it's got a person's name on it, uh, that doesn't mean you know anything about him. So he brought up the logical question. And as I read the book that was written by John Eisman's nephew, uh, it became apparent that this was an, a very comprehensive band with many talents. And it's very unfortunate that the recipients of the award at that time, were not knowledgeable. Now, more people know more about it. They had a couple of books written about him. But nevertheless, uh, I would say that tomorrow evening, the vast majority of those who are going to be at the award dinner won't know anything much about John Heisman. That's why they should listen to the Kim Munson Show, Colonel Rutledge. That's correct. <laughs> okay, we're going to go to break. On the line with us is Colonel Bill Rutledge, uh, retired United States Air Force, and uh, in studio is Alan Thomas. We've got producer Luke behind the, the boards. We'll be right back. With the limited number of homes in the Colorado Front Range market, Karen Levine can help you achieve your home buying or selling vision. Karen has the right connections, technology, and strategies to help you buy or sell your home or to purchase a new build. Whether you're feeling overwhelmed or want someone to take the wheel, or you just need a second opinion, you can rest assured that REMAX Realtor Karen Levine is the right agent for you. Call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516. Karen is the trusted professional who strives for excellence. That number is 303-877-7516. Boson Law is a local law firm dedicated to helping injured individuals in Denver and the surrounding areas fight for the justice they deserve. Boson Law focuses on personalized representation tailored to your unique situation with one-on-one attention and counsel and consistent communication. Boson Law personal injury attorneys have extensive trial experience and have successfully represented clients against the interests of powerful corporations, manufacturers, insurance companies, and government agencies. 
contact Boson Law at 303-999-9999 for a complimentary in-person consultation. Again, that number is 303-999-9999. Call now at 303-999-9999. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And our listener, Wade, uh, I know that he, he, I think he worked the graveyard shift and he called in with a great question. Uh, in the first hour, hopefully, um, if he's still available, would love to have you call in at about 747-748. That's 303-477-5600. And Alan Thomas, uh, your excellent essay, The Moral Gaslighting of America, will roll that out in the newsletter this weekend. And Alan, we have on the line with us Lieutenant Colonel Bill Rutledge, retired United States Air Force, 94 years old. And He's a man with so much intellectual curiosity that I learned so much from him. Did you know this about John Heisman, Alan? You know, I I didn't, and I'm a huge college football fan, you know, Boomer Sooner, and, you know, I... It's absolutely right. I know more about our Heisman winners here in the past couple of years than I knew about John Heisman. So this is this has been excellent learning all of this about this remarkable man. And with that, Colonel Rutledge... Um, John Heisman, he has passed the, uh, passed um, out of law school, but he he has this love for football. So what happens after that, Colonel Rutledge? Well, um, John, since he couldn't see very good and he'd just gotten his degree, um, he still loved football, and uh, he was trying to find a summer job, and it became uh, apparent that he might have problems even practicing law because he still was having problems reading. So he uh, saw an advertisement at Oberlin. Whoops, I think we lost him, Luke. I think you'll need to try to get him back. It was sounding like we were having some uh, challenges there. So I'm going to give a little bit of information while we're getting Colonel Rutledge back on the line. Uh, In his notes that he sent over, he said that he learned that Oberlin needed a football coach. And it was no salary, little budget for equipment, and that would be for the 1892-93 year. Can you believe that? Man. And uh, at, and um, uh, so it looks like he probably was hired as the football coach there. And then he had a number of different uh, colleges that he was the coach at. And in my research, he was a football coach, <clears throat> I think, for over 37 years at a variety of different wow. schools. Uh, but that was back when they didn't have the equipment that they have these days, Alan. Right, yeah, before innovation took over. But, you know, that just, that, that, that story's so amazing, just to pursue your passions, right? And, you know, sometimes God throws a curveball at mm-hmm. you and you need to change your entire mm-hmm. career choice because of 
one event, but I mean, what a what a remarkable story. Well, and that's what, following our passion. That's one thing they say to kids. But you need to make sure that you also are able to. Uh, fund your passions, not with other people's money. So if you can't make a living with your passion, it may have to be your hobby until you get to <laughs> right. get to that point. Okay, we've got Colonel Rutledge back on the line. So Colonel yeah. Rutledge, uh, John Heisman, uh, uh, and I mentioned this, has, is at Oberlin uh, as a football coach, no salary, little budget for equipment. That was 1892-93. What happens after that? Well, after that, uh, he had an opportunity to move to a school that was nearby that uh, actually had a little budget and they were going to employ him so he did and when he moved he moved over and uh, he started coaching now he's 23 years old and he meets a young lady there um, named Edith Cole so he and Edith become um, engaged and uh, everything looks fine but Edith is diagnosed with tuberculosis so Edith refused to marry because she was afraid that she would not survive so she moved to Denver and uh, he was so upset that he decided to to leave uh, Bucktel which was a small school in Ohio and so he went south and he found a job at Auburn so he coached at Auburn for a few years then he moved over to Clemson and he was at Clemson for a few years. While he was at Clemson, he would play Georgia Tech. Well, he would beat Georgia Tech. So Georgia Tech decided the best solution is that we will hire him <laughs> from Clemson, and he will become our coach. So he became the coach at Georgia Tech for the next 17 years. And while he was at Georgia Tech, um, he won a national championship. And they set an all-time record in 1916, they played Cumberland College from Tennessee. They had played him in baseball, and Cumberland had beat Georgia Tech. So uh, Heisman was very anxious to uh, set the record straight, so he played him in football, and he set an all-time record, which still stands. Georgia Tech, 222 points to nothing for Cumberland. Ouch. So this was uh, not one of the funny things happened during the game. It was, say, in late in the fourth quarter. Um, he, the coach looked around and he saw a man sitting on his bench. And he, he was in a uniform, but it wasn't from Georgia Tech. It was from Cumberland. And he talked to the young man. He said, what are you doing here? And he said, well, if I go back over there, they're going to put me back in the game. And he said, I, I'm going to get hurt. And so, so the coach said, okay, you sit on our bench and just put this towel over your head. And uh, he did. And he stayed there the rest of the game. Oh so it was, it was one of those humorous situations. Oh, oh my gosh. But while he was at Georgia Tech, he also had the opportunity to meet Bobby Jones. Mm -hmm. Now, for your sports fans, they know that Bobby Jones is one of the all-time greats. He was a graduate of Georgia Tech, so he loved the sport of football also. So they got to know one another, and Bobby Jones uh, decided to teach uh, Heisman how to play golf. So it's phenomenal that you had a man who later became the number one golfer in the world teaching uh, Heisman how to play golf. And he, he actually bought the first set of golf clubs for Heisman 
when they were both in Atlanta. And so in those days, coaches didn't make enough money to survive during the, the whole year. So Heisman also was an actor. He was a producer, a director. So each summer, he would be very active in the theater. And he met a lady that was also an actress. And they were married and were married for a few years. Um, but after he'd been at Tech for a long time, um, and she was very busy and he was busy, there was a mutual agreement that they would be separated. So they were. And they became divorced. And she wanted to stay in Atlanta. So because of this, he decided to go back to his original source. And he went back to the University of Pennsylvania. And he was coaching there. And while he was there, one, one day they were having practice. And somebody was yelling out in the, uh, the opposite area. And it was bothering. It was interrupting things. So Heisman went over to see who it was. And it was a young lady. And she was giving him a hard time. As he got closer, he saw it was Edith Cole, the lady that he had thought had died from tuberculosis 20 years And uh, we're, we keep getting an interruption here. Yes, no. sir, about that. Nevertheless, uh, within a few months, he and uh, Edith um, were, were again renewed their love affair, and they were married. And they lived the rest of his life as a married couple. So after he, they were married and he was at Tech for so many years, he decided to make some other changes. So he actually went to other schools. He, he, he coached at two or three other schools along the way. And he also wrote a lot. While he was at Georgia Tech, he wrote for the Atlanta Constitution and also for the Atlanta Journal. And... Uh, this was part of his contract. So after 37 years, and he's at now about 60 years old, um, he decided he wanted to go to New York and just write. So he went to New York City, and he wrote for Collier's Magazine and uh, Liberty Magazine. And there was an opening. A new position was established by the Downtown Athletic Club, and they wanted to have an athletic director. So he applied for the job. And one of the strongest uh, recommendations was a letter from Bobby Jones, oh my gosh. Bobby Jones' father. So he got the job. And uh, in 1934, the club decided they wanted to give an award for the most outstanding young man in college football. Heisman originally opposed this. He said, there are so many fine players. I just don't see how we could do this. So they discussed it on and off for several months. Finally, they agreed they would make an award, and the first award would be made in December of 1935. So they did. Now, it was not called the Heisman Trophy then. It was just going to be the Downtown Athletic Club Trophy. Um, so they did. They had the award. The first person who got it was a young man uh, named Jay Burwanger from the University of Chicago. He was a running back, extremely fine. So the award was presented. Then uh, during the next year, now we're talking about 1936, um, in the fall, Heisman went out to play golf, and uh, he had a cough. 
and his friend said, you need to go see the doctor. So he did. And he went, and it turned out he had pneumonia. And in those days, there were no antibiotics. There were nothing really much could be done. So he went home, and his wife was treating and doing the best she could. But the long and the short of it was that in early October, um, he died from pneumonia. Hmm. And this is 1936. After, right after he had died, the members of the downtown athletic club conferred, and they said, we need to change our trophy. We need to name it for George Heisman. Or John Heisman. John Heisman. Mm-hmm. And they did. So the next award made in December of that year um, was the Heisman Trophy. And they called it the Heisman Memorial Trophy at the time. They later just dropped the term memorial. But that was that was how it came about. And one of the ironies of this whole thing was ironic. In 1930, when Bobby Jones wrote that recommendation for him, that was the year when Bobby Jones won all of the four major tournaments, the U.S. Amateur, the U.S. Open, the British Amateur, and the British Open. And the other correlation between them was that the Heisman Trophy came to be the most sought-after trophy in the world of sports in America. And the Masters Tournament in golf is the most coveted championship in the world in golf. And the connection between them is George Heisman and Bobby Jones, because Bobby Jones in 1934 built the the golf course at Augusta, and they gradually changed the name within the next two years to the Masters. And uh, it is now everyone thinks that the golf professional season starts the first week in April in Augusta, Georgia. And it does. Oh, my gosh. This has just been fascinating, Colonel Rutledge. Thank you so much for reaching out and and talking about this. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. And the other thing you said, um, I mean, these two remarkable athletes, but the innovations of of, uh, John Heisman were the lateral pass, the Ford pass, scoreboard, standardized field, hike, safer uniform equipment, numbers on jerseys, game quarters, transition of the shape of the football from rugby, my gosh, uh, what an innovator. Colonel Rutledge, thank you so much for sharing this. Listen, uh, it's been fun doing it because I had read a book of Heisman years ago, but this book that I more recently read was written by his nephew who had access to all of Heisman's records and all of his writings, and he was a prolific writer so that he included so much in here. It is very difficult. Well, we could not conceivably cover it in a short time. All of his accomplishments and what he contributed to the sport. Because he was an innovator, uh, and we know about other people in, in, in football. And we know about Pop Warner and Alamus Alonzo Stagg, Walter Camp, and Newt Rockney, of course, which is, was the great coach at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. But he was a he was a peer with these people, um, a, a contemporary. They were all in the same era, and actually, it was my good fortune at one time uh, to go to the University of Chicago and see Stag Field. And uh, there was another small thing, right there at Stag Field is where they first cracked the first atom, um, right under the bleachers uh, where the football team used to play. So. There are a lot of spinoffs on on some of these people. 
Well, fascinating, Colonel Rutledge. And you will be on here again uh, very soon, and we're going to be talking about the Battle of Wake Island. So, Colonel Rutledge, thank you so much. Well, thank you. It's always a pleasure. Uh, and have a great day. So we're going to go to break. And when we come back, I would love to hear from you. I'm hoping we hear back from Wade, uh, one of our listeners, 303-477-5600. Ellen Thomas is in the studio. I want to give a shout out to the USMC Memorial Foundation. They are working to raise money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at Six and Colfax. My friends, it's important to know these stories, to remember these stories, and to honor these stories. And you can help them by going to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. We will be right back. The rise in interest rates is causing challenges and creating opportunities. For nearly 20 years, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, has helped individuals realize their hopes and dreams of home ownership, fund kids' educations through second mortgages, and access capital by utilizing reverse mortgages. Lauren is not constrained to work with just one lender because he works with so many different lenders. Licensed in 49 states, Lauren offers choices for your individual mortgage needs. Preparation leads to success, so call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881 so that you're prepared for opportunity in the mortgage market. That's Lauren Levy. 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Franktown Firearms staff and customers alike are concerned with your safety and ability to shoot well, and that comes from the sense of community that they foster at their shop. The staff doesn't work on commissions from sales, so there won't be any pressure to buy what you don't need. They host events like Ladies' Night every first Friday and a Tactical Fun Night every third Friday because they value their community and they understand that selling the most expensive product doesn't help you learn to shoot. Your money goes further at Franktown because they'd rather you to be self-sufficient with what you already own and be proficient in using it. If you're looking for a range and shop that can take you to the next level in your self-defense training, learn how to shoot in realistic scenarios from instructors who have been there, done that. Then look no further than Franktown Firearms. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back. Check out my website, KimMunson.com. We're going to get right to it. Alan Thomas is in studio. Wade, thank you so much for calling back. So yeah, what, what's, uh, what do you want to talk about? Uh, first, I'd like to uh, say uh, to Colonel, uh, was it Rut- Rutledge? Rutledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, just judging by his voice, it's amazing. He's a colonel, and he sounds like he's in his late 20s. I know, and he's 94. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? That's it is. Great. But uh, uh, thanks to everybody in the armed services. Yes. Um, uh, otherwise, oh, uh, forgive me, I'm a little tired. Uh, and thank you but, for your hard but, work. But, but just uh, the origin of gaslighting goes back to, like, the 1890s. Um, I believe it was in England. But uh, you know how I used to, we would plump, they did have, gas plumbing, kind of like we have natural gas in most of our houses, but you'd have gas lamps, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the story comes from 
this man who really wanted to uh, make his his wife go crazy. So he would he would like sneak downstairs and change how bright it was by adjusting valves for each light. And the story goes that uh, she eventually thought that she was crazy because it's like, wow, I just turned it up. Now it's, but now it's not as bright. Interesting. <laughs> that that's where the story actually comes from. Yeah, and um, he would tell her that her reality wasn't true, right? He told her, no, the lights are exactly the same brightness. Nothing's happening. You're exactly. you're crazy. Exactly. Wow. And I'm sure, I'm sure, Alan. I I didn't know you were still there. Um, I'm sure you know more about it than me, but I just thought it's oh, that's worth fascinating. Mentioning. So, and so, Wade, we've got about three minutes. So, um, next question, and we will continue. Ellen and I were talking about it in between the, the hour one, hour two, that I need to continue to shed more light on what I mean on freedom versus force, force right. versus freedom, and we will do that. All right. Well, let's talk about that. Okay. Uh, so with that, and Alan, you and I were, were talking about this in between the two hours, is, is force is, uh, we even see it under this term compliant. We've moved from being a free society where people can make decisions and reap the benefits from making those decisions or the consequences to people are now afraid to do something because uh, they want to be compliant because if you're not compliant, there could be some kind of a penalty. Alan? Exactly. And, you know, we talked about how government is the only authorized user of force, right? And the, the difficulty is some force is necessary, right? You look at your police force. You want them to have the force to to protect people, right? Your, your government needs to be able to use some amounts of force. But this whole concept comes into of where do we restrain that force, right? And that's what our founding fathers really discussed at length because they came from a monarchy. They came from somebody who had the absolute power to use force over every aspect of your life. And they really wanted to say, we want to constrain the government's ability to dictate how to live your life as much as possible. We would rather err on the government having too little force than having too much force like we're seeing today. And and that's where this whole idea of a push and a pull comes is what is the absolute minimum necessary amount of force a government should be able to have? And that's what makes the American experiment so, so revolutionary, right? And so unique is because we came at it from that thought of how do we constrain the government, not how do we manipulate and change it so that people's lives can be lived to their fullest. So, Wade, we're going to continue this. Uh, can, I, can I ask a question there? Sure. Uh, it's Alan, correct? Correct. Yes. Um, you bring up a, a very, that's very poignant, um, and it's, I think, maybe the most difficult question that mankind's ever faced is, like, if it was just Kim, Alan, and I, and my friends, <laughs> um, we could just go by, like, a treat others as you would like to be treated, and we wouldn't need police or anything for that matter. Um, but we have it, a large We have population. human nature. And, Wade, we're going to have to stop, and I know that you put in long hours, but Monday, if you can call back at 747, we'll try to get to you immediately. Johnny, I know you're on the line, and we're not going to make it to you today, so on Monday, I hope that you can do that as well. Uh, I thank both of you. 
Um, what a show, Alan. <laughs> it's It's been a wild ride, but, uh, you know, Producer Luke, can we get another hour? <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Unfortunately, I'm not in charge of that one. So. <laughs> so our quote for the end of the show, and again, thank you, Wade. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Colonel Rutledge and Alan is uh, Soren Kierkegaard. He said, geniuses are like thunderstorms. They go against the wind. They terrify people, and they clear the air. So my friends today, be grateful. Read great books. Think good thoughts. Listen to beautiful music. Communicate and listen well if honestly and authentically strive for high ideals like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Out into this great unknown And I don't want no one to cry, but tell them if I don't survive. Those are the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our bodies. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to hour number two of the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team. That's producer Joe, producer Luke, Rachel, Nicole, Zach, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Thursday, producer Joe. Happy Thursday, Kim. And uh, really interesting pre-record that we uh, broadcast in the first hour regarding the Heisman Trophy. Uh, I think um, there things from what Colonel Rutledge had researched, people didn't even know. I think it's so it's so good to know our history. 
And uh, so hopefully everybody really enjoyed that. We're going to talk about present day here in the second hour with Natalie Minton, who is a director on the Tabor Foundation and does just a whole bunch of work in advocating to protect taxpayers. And then Brandon Wark, they have done uh, a number of different videos. He's the founder of Free State Colorado, and um, you can find those videos at Free State Colorado. And we're going to be talking about this special session that the governor called and was uh, the week before Thanksgiving. And uh, so we'll we'll get into that here in just a few moments. Did want to say thank you to Laramie Energy and Kerosene Oil and Gas for their goal sponsorship of the show. I also want to say to them thank you uh, for a reliable, efficient, affordable, and abundant energy, which is totally, totally under attack. Uh, there's 80,000 acolytes that are in Dubai right now, or maybe maybe it's almost over. I should probably check that. And, of course, John Kerry, uh, who wants to get rid of your air conditioner and your uh, gas-powered mower and lawn tools, uh, your gas-powered fireplace, all those things uh, under the auspice of climate change. That is why it is uh, probably incumbent upon you to check out our documentary, uh, Climate Conversation. Uh, It's actually, I say our documentary, I'm involved in it. It's really the brainchild of Walt Johnson, who has been a geophysicist for over 50 years. And he and his wife, Ramey, made their own financial commitment. They took money out of the retirement plan to fund this movie because they wanted to have a real conversation, Socratic questions uh, around this whole thing. And so be sure and check out climateconversation.com. You can watch it for free. And you can also order DVDs by going to aclimateconversation.com. So be sure and check that out. Uh, Today is December 7th. Hard to believe. 1941, December 7th, 1941, was when the Japanese attacked the United States of America at Pearl Harbor, which is in Oahu, uh, Hawaii. And uh, from that, that brought uh, the United States into World War II. As you know, we actually had two fronts. We were fighting the Japanese in the Pacific and Hitler and the Nazis in the European theater. And it is truly amazing what Americans did uh, to really save the world. And there's something so inherently American about being willing to risk everything for liberty for others. It's pretty remarkable. It started with the colonial uh, army. And, of course, we go to the Civil War, but World War I, World War II. And uh, that's why it is so important that we honor uh, our military. And a great way to do that would be for your own personal, the person in your family and their military service, a great way to honor them is to buy a brick that will be on one of the pathways of service at the USMC Memorial Foundation. Excuse me, at the USMC Memorial. It's the foundation that's raising the money. And you will actually get a beautiful certificate, which is a wonderful gift uh, for Christmas or for Hanukkah. And you can do that by going to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. That is usmcmemorialfoundation.org. Our word of the day, I went to uh, FDR's speech the day after the attack on uh, Pearl Harbor. And the word is infamy. It's I-N-F-A-M-Y. It's a noun. Could be a number one, a very bad reputation or notoriety. Number two, the condition of being infamous, a disgrace. 
And number three, an evil or criminal act that is publicly known. And uh, as uh, FDR has the famous, uh, the day in infamy speech, you might want to check that out today, again, as this is uh, Pearl Harbor Day. Our quote of the day, I went to Chester Nimitz. He was born in 1885. He died in 1966. He was a fleet uh, admiral in the United States Navy, and he played a major role in the naval history of World War II as the commander-in-chief of the U.S. Pacific Fleet and commander-in-chief of the Pacific Ocean areas, commanding Allied air, land, and sea forces during World War II. And he said this, he said, the U.S.'s uh, major strength factor and weapon is its economy. If you cripple it, you cripple the military. So when you look at what is happening in the United States right now with this uh, Democrat administration, and it's not just O'Biden, it is actually the radical activists that have taken over the Democrat Party. This is no longer the Democrat Party of your grandparents. Uh, This is radical activists that have taken over this Democrat Party. And the agenda is really, as we look at it, Uh, it's hard to say, I mean, it's hard to believe that the agenda is to take America down. But when you look at everything that's happening with John Kerry over in Dubai saying that he wants to get rid of air conditioners in 2016, he said air conditioners are more dangerous than ISIS. It's like, really? And uh, so they're uh, actually working to take down our economy. And we need to understand that. And so anyway, this is what uh, Chester Nimitz said. He said, the U.S.'s major strength factor and weapon is its economy. If you cripple it, you cripple the military. And uh, so let's talk about the economy and personal freedom and property rights. And the perfect person to talk with about that is Karen Levine. Uh, She is a realtor with REMAX Alliance, and she works at the local, county, state, and national level to protect property rights. And property rights are inherent in the American idea, a vibrant middle class. Karen Levine, it's a Karen Levine Thursday. Welcome. Good morning, Kim. Property rights, my gosh, they are so under attack right now, Karen. But people are still resilient. People still, you know, want to own a home. I mean, there's there's something that's so resilient about Americans. But there's challenges. So what, what are you saying to people right now? Well, there are challenges, but as you and I talk about, there are also opportunities. And we've seen interest rates um, move down a little bit, which creates a little more affordability. Homes are staying on the market just a little bit longer, which gives opportunity to buyers to be able to find that right home. And I just closed on a transaction utilizing... Denver Affordable Housing, which that was an interesting experience, Kim. Uh, the buyer that You know, I that was, probably whacks me out. I know. government in that, but... <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there have been projects throughout the city and county of Denver that when they were built, whether those were single-family housing um, neighborhoods and or condominium multifamily units that the developer was incentivized to make a percentage of those units, quote-unquote, affordable. And they do that by putting in what's called a deed restriction, which says that the property can only appreciate at a certain rate each year. So 
when a buyer buys the property, they do not experience the actual market appreciation in that property, but they also buy the property significantly below the market rate. And there are qualifications to get into the property. They can only make, depending on the agreement at the time of the development, they can only make an income less than 100% of the average medium income for that community. And in the case of the project I was looking at, they had raised that income level or range to 95% of the AMI. And I had a perfect buyer. Her income was smack in the middle. And she qualified through Lorne. She got a loan through Lorne, and she was ready to close, and they did not approve her application because what? her loan-to-value, her payment, was over their threshold. They allow you to go to 35% of your gross income. They calculated her income, and it was over that. And for her to get into the property, um, she could take a gift. She could receive a gift, and her parents were willing to do that, but they could only give her up to 20% of the purchase price. And in so doing, her... Uh, ratios, as we refer to them, were too high. And she happened to be a young person who had saved over um, her young years, and she had an investment account, and she had to pull a very substantial amount of money out of that investment account, which the typical affordable housing buyer does not have. And so this experience has frustrated me that the people we're trying it to help, we can't help. And we do it all at the cost cost of the taxpayer. Karen? (laughs) Okay. Uh, That is why government should not be involved in trying to affect these markets. Right. Right. Wow. What an... But, well, first of all, the idea that that they're going to cap the uh, the money that people can make on their home. Um, oh, well, let's, let me just think about that in question. With these property taxes, I, now, and you know what, you may not know the answer to this, but this is going to be one for us, us to explore. So with the massive property tax valuation increases, would those, and again, I have it in air quotes, affordable or subsidized housing, I wonder if those values went up so significantly. Well, they so would, would have because they would have, they would have used the same data, the same data that was used for all of us. And so the data, now the data could have been affected if there had been a couple of affordable units in there because those units would have pulled down those averages, those values. Okay. So what okay. happens is not only – does an affordable home, which I hadn't thought about this, Kim, but an affordable home in a community, if it is sold below market, it is then going to pull down, potentially, the values of free market because it becomes a sold comparable in that community, and then you have to justify the fact that your property not being affordable is worth more. So this person is going to get squeezed, though, on property taxes. And there's so much that's so wrong with that. 
And again, I'm, I'm thinking about this live on air on that whole thing. We're going to have to explore that. I know you and Lauren are going to be in in a couple of weeks. Uh, and I've just got to ruminate on that. That, well, and, and that it's makes it because, tough for people. Well, but when you say squeezed on taxes, n- yes and no, yes and no, from the standpoint okay. that the benefit this buyer got is she got to buy below the market, which made the home affordable and her able to become a homeowner. So it got her in, but with that, then rights are taken away from her because of being given that benefit. And so I think it's that story we continue to have, which is when government gets involved, one, things become more expensive, but we again pick winners and losers. Wow, what a fascinating experience. We're going to have oh, to talk more been. about that. But <laughs> but she did ultimately, she did get into the property, yes? She is a homeowner. She's excited. Her parents are excited. Um, it's going to work really well for her. Uh, as I said, she was the perfect candidate, but she also had resources that the typical affordable housing buyer does not have, which, again, picks winners and losers. And oh, I, if the yeah. if the open market had been available to her because of her income, housing wouldn't be so expensive because of these programs. They affect, they do affect the market. So it's a very fascinating journey. I'm glad I got to go on it. I now know why as professional realtors and real estate agents, we sometimes shy away from these properties because the process is ridiculous. But uh, I tell you what, that's why you are so valuable, Karen Levine. Uh, I'm not going to say you've seen it all, but you've seen an awful lot. Just when I think you are, (laughs) and that is why having you on uh, their side of the table, either buying, selling a home, a new build. That's why you want Karen Levine on your side of the table. How can people reach you, Karen Levine? They can reach me at three zero three eight seven seven seven. 516. And if you have questions about buying or selling, just know there's no stupid questions. Let's start that conversation. And that's Karen Levine at 303-877-7516. We'll talk to you next week. And then you're going to be in studio in a couple of weeks, Karen. So have a great day. You as well, Kim. Thank you. I tell you what, she is one amazing woman. And again, that's Karen Levine, 303-877-7516. And I, all my sponsors, I know them all personally. I highly recommend them. And uh, my insurance agent is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team, and they can create personalized insurance plans to cover all your needs from protection for your cars, your home, condo, boat, motorcycle business. Do not forget renter's coverage. And uh, contact the Roger Mangan team now at 303-795-8855 for a complimentary appointment. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. So I switched my insurance to the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Agency. Get this. I actually talked to Roger Mangan, who has been helping people with their insurance coverage in our community for 47 years. He helped me create a State Farm personalized price insurance plan for my home and auto and explained affordable options.
For personalized service and peace of mind that you are working with a team that cares about you and your family, call Roger Mangan now at 303-795-8855. Kim highly recommends the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. Again, that number is 303-795-8855. With the limited number of homes in the Colorado Front Range market, Karen Levine can help you achieve your home buying or selling vision. Karen has the right connections, technology, and strategies to help you buy or sell your home or to purchase a new build. Whether you're feeling overwhelmed or want someone to take the wheel, or you just need a second opinion, you can rest assured that REMAX Realtor Karen Levine is the right agent for you. Call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516. Karen is the trusted professional who strives for excellence. That number is 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. And welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, On the line with me is Natalie Minton. Uh, She's a director on the Tabor Foundation. Of course, Tabor uh, stands for the Colorado Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. And uh, also very active uh, regarding protecting taxpayers here in Colorado for many years, saving Coloradans millions of dollars. And Brandon Wark, he is the founder of Free State Colorado, and he is doing amazing work there. Uh, Natalie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning to you. And Brandon, great to have you. Thank you, Kim. Happy to be here. So, uh, Natalie and Brandon, uh, the last time we saw each other in person was down at the Capitol during the special session that was uh, basically the weekend before Thanksgiving. And it was called, the special session was called by Governor Polis. Uh, my understanding was that it was to do something about these, the concern of Coloradans regarding these massive uh, property taxes that people are facing because of the increase of the assessed valuations. Instead, there were 14 different bills that were proposed that I, as I look at it, I, I think, Natalie, they were discriminatory. They picked winners and losers. They picked some people over another, took money from one person to give to another. Uh, I thought it was a debacle and a disaster. Is that too strong a words to use for the special session, Natalie Minton? Um, I would not disagree with that. So what would you uh, say? There were 14 different bills, and uh, out of all those 14 bills, I felt there was only one really good one, and that was the one by Senator Van Winkle that basically was just going to uh, cap basically property taxes. Uh, what What's your thoughts on that, Natalie? Um, I would agree. That, that bill would have served the purpose of the special session providing meaningful relief across the board, plain, simple, clean cut. Um, and it was rapidly killed by that, by the majority that are in control down at the state capitol. Uh, they did not want any part of 
that really that meaningful property tax relief. I think I've well, I've expressed it in other places, but they didn't fail with the special session because those who were in charge of it really had no intent of trying trying to really produce um, meaningful relief for the property owners here that will face it January. And not only are the property owners affected, but of course renters and consumers are affected by these things too. So that that bill, um, the the one that was presented that would have taken money out of reserves, um, also providing relief but taking money out of reserves, didn't nearly shine like um, Ben Winkle's bill. So I, I would agree with you. There was very little that came out good of that session, including the committee which now that it's been formed and yesterday they released uh, the 19 members appointed to that, uh, that appears to be, uh, that'll be quite a joke. That'll be quite a joke. Uh, that'll be, I, I, I think there were some people who wanted to be on that committee and realizing now they'll be better off fighting from the outside uh, to get what we want, which we will at some point in 2024. But it, I don't think it'll come okay. out of that committee. Okay. So, Brandon Wark, you were down at the Capitol. You were interviewing people, and you were uh, putting together information at Free State Colorado. It's freestatecolorado.com, correct? Freestatecolorado.com is your website? Correct. And you have a lot of great information there. But you were down at the Capitol. I was down there for one day. I was there Friday, and I, I actually left about dusk because I, I didn't really want to be walking around down to downtown after dusk uh but the session went longer into friday night and then i went down saturday and it was a bit of a fiasco there was uh the capitol got locked down the the gallery got locked down because there were uh, pro-palestinian um protesters there uh it was just it was just kind of wild there but you were you were there so tell us your your take your read on what you saw from the special session Yes, definitely. Thank you, Kim. Yeah. Well, I'm really happy you mentioned the 14 bills. You know, there are 14 bills introduced, seven of them passed, really only two or three bills dealing with property taxes made it through. I think a lot of Coloradans would be surprised to realize that the special, well, maybe they wouldn't be surprised, but the special session was used to reward special interests, to redistribute our tax money, of course, go after our Tabor refunds and, you know, train, uh, manage society in a way that the Democratic majority wants. Uh, so it wasn't really all about property taxes. And that feeling was palpable down at the state capitol. There was so much frustration talking to some of our liberty leaders in the state legislature. They, you know, I think it was uh, Representative Mike Lynch said, you know, the fix is in, the cake has already been baked. There, was, there wasn't even a pretense of the Democratic majority working with the Republican minority to kind of come up with some compromise, compromise legislation that could really fulfill the needs of, of all Coloradans. You know, this, the reason the special session happened was because of the failure of Proposition HH, you know, Governor Polis's scheme to steal our Tabor refunds and provide uh, very small property tax changes. But, you know, so I thought maybe there'd be a little bit more outreach from the other side, people working together, because this 18-point defeat of Proposition HH seemed pretty strong coming from the voters. But unfortunately, we didn't see that down there. There was a lot of frustration. I know the business community was very frustrated. So out of the special session, there was no consideration. There was no property tax relief passed whatsoever for the business community. And, and there was a lot of concerns there, because as Natalie mentioned in our recent video, you know, that affects entrepreneurs, small businesses, that affects wages, rents. It affects 
affects our commercial landscape. And as you were mentioning earlier, the strength of, of Colorado, the strength of our country is based on our economy and our ability to you know, freely exchange goods. And unfortunately, the special session did nothing to help to help strengthen our economy. In fact, it's setting it up for a really bad time come 2024. Well, it really is. People, it's it's crazy that we are taking taxpayer dollars for other things, such as uh, I'm concerned about all of these illegal immigrants that are coming to uh, Colorado yesterday. We reported, I think there was like $38 million that was um, uh, earmarked uh, for that. That's taking money out of the pockets of Coloradans for that particular issue. And then we have inflation, which is squeezing people. Now we've got these massive tax increases, and everyday hardworking Coloradans are really getting squeezed, Natalie. Agree, agree. And the call has been put out now that the governor's, you know, they have this special session. There was a minimal, minimal amount of relief provided in that session that uh, a certain amount, um, additional amount um, of your property's value no longer would be considered taxable. But after that, the governor has called local governments to reduce their mill rate. And I have not seen enough action by local governments to accomplish what is actually needed. So at the end of the day, we're going to have to depend on citizen um, direct ballot access to resolve this problem. Um, those battles are already forming. Yesterday, I was down at the title board about not the yeah the title board about another measure that's actually on the wrong side of this issue. Um, which will impact, uh, come to discover yesterday, this, this, this measure that was presented will actually, in my opinion, eliminate property tax protections and eliminate both uh, the Tabor property tax protections and also the annual mill levy law protections. Uh, this is a proposed initiative number 95 I'm talking about. I'm getting off track a little bit. But just to emphasize, we still have a battle going on, and there are certainly going to be a lot of people engaged here um, moving forward. We have the special session opening a little over a month from now. The, the story is it's just not getting better yet, but thank God we have the right to petition in, in Colorado, uh, at least at the statewide level, so that we can get somewhere because what's occurring down at the, the Gold Dome um, it's not functional. It's not going to help Colorado. Well, it is not. It is not. And uh, because of Tabor, Colorado's Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, which has been, uh, it's an amendment to the Constitution. There's all kinds of other questions. I have them coming in on the text line as well. That text line is 720-605-0647. It has really protected Coloradans from this uh, big overreaching, overtaxing, overfeeing, I will say, government. And uh, of course, Prop HH was defeated in this last November election, to, and the people of Colorado want to protect these refunds that are due to us. And these refunds are our money. And basically, what, that, what it is is this component of Tabor it says that if a government collects more than a very generous formula, of inflation plus population growth, then if they want to keep the money above that, they have to ask us. And pretty consistently, 
call around and say, no, 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 we would like to have our money back. So we're going to continue the conversation here with Natalie Minton, who's a director at the Tabor Foundation, and Brandon Wark, who is the founder of Free State Colorado. And Brandon and Natalie, uh, they're actually now movie stars. They've been doing uh, all these videos that you can find at Free State Colorado uh, regarding these issues so that you can understand them. Uh, there are those, uh, the PBIs want to keep us confused and uh, there's so much information out there that that's easy to do. That's why trying to get through all that through our show, through what they're doing, is so important. We get to do this because of our sponsors, and one of those is Lauren Levy. The rise in interest rates is causing challenges and creating opportunities. For nearly 20 years, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, has helped individuals realize their hopes and dreams of home ownership, fund kids' educations through second mortgages, and access capital by utilizing reverse mortgages. Lauren is not constrained to work with just one lender because he works with so many different lenders. Licensed in 49 states, Lauren offers choices for your individual mortgage needs. Preparation leads to success, so call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881 so that you're prepared for opportunity in the mortgage market. That's Lauren Levy. 303-880-8881. Focused and wise marketing is essential for your success, especially during tough economic times. If you love the Kim Munson Show, strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in America. Then talk with Kim about partnership, sponsorship opportunities. Email Kim at KimMunson.com. Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. On the line with me is Natalie Minton. She's a director at the Tabor Foundation, and uh, she's actually a former director on the RTD board. And she is a real advocate for us, the taxpayers, trying to protect us. And she's been doing this for many years. And then Brandon Wark, and they they actually have done a number of videos together, but Brandon Wark is the founder of uh, Free State Colorado. And uh, Natalie, I want to go to you with this first question. And this came in, first of all, one of our listeners said, uh, Natalie and Brandon rock. So you've got a fan club out there. I just want you to know that. But Natalie, you and I have talked about this offline. And when we had Douglas Bruce on recently, uh, many of these uh, things that have happened to weaken Tabor really uh, seem to me like they're unconstitutional because they're not amendments to the, the Colorado Constitution, but they're changing an amendment to the Constitution. But, you know, I've talked about it, and while that seems wrong, that that's, it's unconstitutional, the Colorado co- uh, courts have, have uh, kind of looked at it differently, yes? Yeah, the, the, the courts, we cannot count on the courts. We're supposed to have that third branch of the government that, um, does not let, first of all, doesn't legislate from the bench, reads what's in the Constitution, defends our right to it. That's that's not occurring. 
um, we, we have gotten to the point where we are very hesitant to bring up a legal challenge to one of these various items that you've kind of generally mentioned or that, uh, brought attention to because they, those bad rulings can be damaging to us. And we have encountered more of those than we have on the ones that properly defend our right. So it's it's just it's got to be a circus, frankly. And we're trying to use strategy on on how to defend what was passed 30 years ago, and includes so many good benefits. Um, it, so it, it it's it's got to be a problem. I mean, we're, we're facing it right now. We've got this this proposed initiative that is going to actually eliminate TABOR. And when I'm talking to the title board, I, I'm just getting kind of blank looks about how this is impacting TABOR. The, the resolution of that is to file an appeal to the Colorado Supreme Court. We're going to probably have to do that here within this month of December on this case. And there's really, we, we could use some more volunteers who are working on these projects, helping to fund our legal cases, uh, to put it frankly, um, and people can always donate to the Tabor Foundation. Um, it's a 501c3. It's getting towards the end of the year. I think this week was um, annual giving day. Um, we can use more assistance to be able to defend our taxpayers' bill of rights. And I bring that up knowing that within couple weeks here this this case will have to be probably filed with the Supreme Court and we've got a couple more okay. lined up after that well and the, the problem is though over here in the courts is most of these judges now have been appointed uh, by Democrats right Natalie it's a mixed bag but there's also without going into a lot of legal strategy there's there's some ways to minimize that Colorado impact and look at some other alternatives to bring us back the protections that we need. Because we cannot, uh, not only have they attacked Tabor, attacked this, attacked that, they've also attacked our right to petition. And that is just a fundamental way that we can get around these politicians who will not listen to us. The ones, I mean, we talk back to the special session. Uh, one of the committee hearings where I testified, um, the the chair, and this is one of the videos that Brandon and I did, actually had the guts to tell me, even though the special session was hard to navigate, they didn't publish bills in advance expressing what bills were about. The committee chair, after after I briefly, briefly complained about this, said I had no right to complain because we got done in time for the game. That was the attitude down there. That, that's wow. disgusting, frankly. Venting a little okay. there, sorry. Okay. Meaning the Broncos game, <laughs> well, which I could not care less about. Yeah, um, I think your you, and your point is priorities, Brandon. Uh, the special session. 
as uh, you know, as the president of the Colorado Union of Taxpayers, and I do want to give a shout out. We did get our uh, our ratings done, and that email went out earlier this week. I would uh, make a plug for Colorado Union of Taxpayers to join us. We are it's only twenty five bucks. You will receive our weekly emails throughout this session as we are doing our ratings on many of the different bills. And uh, this team is, uh, I want to give their names out because they're doing such a great job. Steve Dorman, Greg Kolianski, Russ Haas, Bill uh, Hamill, Carl Honecker, Rob Knuth, John Nelson, Joseph Laughlin, Wendy Warner, Wendy Warner, and Marty Nielsen. And again, go to um, coloradotaxpayer.org. You can join us. And then uh, once you do that, you will uh, be, be sure to receive our weekly emails that we put out during this legislative session. And we just did one on the special session. Brandon? We, uh, we're we nonpartisan at the Colorado Union of Taxpayers. We are watching out for the taxpayer. And Natalie alluded to it, but there were two Republican bills that, as we looked at it, uh, that, uh, that that basically I felt were like Prop HH light. Uh, they weren't taking Tabor refunds, but they were taking money from reserves to do basically the same thing uh, that was being proposed with Prop HH, and that was to backfill jurisdictions, local jurisdictions, that said they were losing money, and the only money they were really losing, they were losing something from that huge increase, and then that huge increase was going to go down a little bit. It was quite the schematics, but I was uh, I was frustrated that I felt that the Republicans uh, proposed something that was Prop HH light. Do you see it that way, or do you do you see it differently? No, Kim, I completely agree, and I think it illustrates the, the division, the divide within the Republican Party in Colorado. Of course, we saw, we're saw we seeing a great divide in the Democratic Party as well with the shenanigans we saw during the special session there. So it's a very dynamic environment, and I think that's what people – one of the big takeaways that people need to understand about politics. It's not – so uniform. There's a lot of diversity of thought, more than people might think. There's a lot of infighting. There's a lot of different opinions. And especially when things aren't going right, when there's so many challenges, people get frustrated. I won't name names, but I was sitting in a committee hearing during the special session, and I had a state representative come up to me, whisper in my ear and said, this is a Republican bill. If this passes out of committee, I'm going to be down there at the well in, in the front of the whole house, just lambasting it, and it's going to make us look silly because we're going to be fighting each other over this bill on the House floor. So there were other Republican legislators who were coming up to me and telling me that they were very unhappy about what was going on with these bills you were mentioning. So it's a very dynamic environment. I think the Republican Party, uh, you know, on some level at the state legislature uh, is very split, and we've seen this for many years. It's not too surprising for people who've been following, but there's an opportunity for liberty leaders out there, and that's why the work that you do, uh, Kim, on your radio show, and of course, Colorado Union of Taxpayers, Natalie as well, Tabor Foundation, we have so many liberty leaders here in Colorado, and if we can figure out how to be better organized, how to work together a little bit uh, and better, then I think we have uh, some incredible opportunity, especially seeing this massive split in the Democratic Party as well. There's definitely openings for changes, and nobody's speaking up for the business community. 
uh, in the Democratic majority. So there's people looking for alternatives. So I'm very hopeful and very optimistic. I know it's easy to become a pessimistic seeing everything that happens. You know, we saw these wealth redistribution schemes come out of the special session. We've seen, uh, you know, state legislators uh, totally mocking the Democratic process. You know, of course, we hear our, Demo- our Democratic leaders across the state love democracy when it suits them. But as Natalie mentioned, they're going after our right to petition on the ballot. They're going after our right to have transparent, open government and a citizen participation in these legislative committees. That was one of the big takeaways out of the special session is just this total lack of transparency and a disregard for citizen participation. So it can be very frustrating, and I understand that, but at the same time, it presents opportunity. And, you know, it's the better organized side, the people who are have the truth on their side, I think we can win in the end if we just keep going. And that's interesting that you would say that, Brandon. So on Saturday morning of the special session, uh, Natalie had organized a uh, protect um, Tabor rally. I went over to that for a little while and then went into the state house. And of course, I mentioned it was just a bit of a fiasco with the protesters and closing down the, the Capitol and the gallery. And so I decided to go over to Liberty Toastmasters and I sat down next to a friend of mine, Dave Walden, uh, who's going to be on the show with Brad Beck on Monday. And uh, he's really a wise guy. I, I, I mean, he's a wise guy, not a wise guy. He's a wise guy. Let me put it that way. And he, I sat down next to him, and I think he could feel that I was discouraged when I came back from the special session because I just, I thought it was just, I thought it was disrespectful and, and wasn't accomplishing what we, we needed to have happen for Coloradans. And he leaned over Brandon to me and he said, liberty, he said, liberty like bankruptcy. He said, liberty like bankruptcy happens very slowly and then all of a sudden. And I think in a way, that's kind of what you're saying. I, I love the fact that you're optimistic, and I love what you're doing at freestatecolorado.com. So, Brandon, your, your thought on that, and then I'll, I'll go over to Natalie. Oh, 100%, Kim, and, and that's why, you know, uh, things like your, your show, what we're doing at freestatecolorado.com, the videos Natalie and I have put out, we're trying to we're, – we're sharing the other side of the story. You know, the media, the traditional corporate media has just provided cover for these politicians. They've excused their bad behavior. They don't dig into these bills. They don't really explain to the taxpayers, to the voters, to the citizens what's really going on and how it affects them. It's very glossy. Uh, you know, people just go along with what they hear in this quick little sound bites. But I think there's more and more people are really understanding that things – that are coming out of the corporate media, the words coming out of these politicians, little sound bites, are not necessarily accurate. You know, it's it's it may seem obvious to some people, but other people it's becoming more obvious every day. So, you know, getting this information out there, letting people understand that their their lives are getting more expensive. You know, life is getting more expensive. We just saw that report come out how Coloradans are would need fifteen thousand dollars more just to live like they did in twenty twenty one, with the rat, rampant inflation, which you know you talk about often. And seeing this just bad behavior of these legislators, I mean, and then once people see the bad and then realize how much access they have to our local governments, how much power their voice has, how much they can do with a very small group of organized people that have passion and commitment, then that's that's where I get the hope from. And I think the, the veneer is, is is fading off of these politicians who, who in the past were able to get away with so much because nobody talked about it. And people are hungry for the truth. People want to know what's going on. And, you know, that's that's what we're working on. So we'll see what happens in 2024. But I'm confident that, you know, it might not be tomorrow. It might not be next year. But, but we're on the right side. 
So it's happening slowly, but then it'll happen all of a sudden, Brandon Wark. And again, that website, it is an excellent website, freestatecolorado.com. That's freestatecolorado.com. And then Natalie uh, from some of our listeners, one of them said, calling out uh, bad Republican bills is okay. Lead by example, we are doing that. And then this listener, Natalie, also wanted the names of that, that committee. Where can they find that information? Um, speaking of the committee that I was testifying before or the title board committee? I think I think the committee that you said that it's uh, some of us, and I know I, I had put my name forward to be on that committee, was not chosen, but and you said it's probably better that we're outside this so that we can work on that. So how can people find out who was appointed to that committee? Uh, there were about three alerts that came in on my email subscription list. Um, there's about three major, pub- two major publications, let's say, that uh, express that full list. Uh, I think Colorado Politics um, dot com had an article. Uh, there were, it's it's just called the Property Task Force, Property mm-hmm. Tax Task Force. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have an easy link, um, but if That's somebody a does a Google search, they'll quickly find a couple articles from. Uh, yesterday. Also, I should mention, uh, Brandon does a weekly newscast, and I would not be surprised if he'd be including that. Um, he usually will bring up the article and then discuss the key points. Uh, Brandon, I don't know if you're going to be doing your weekly news broadcast, if you've already done that, and you'll be maybe have that on there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, FreeStateColorado.com. I do a weekly roundup covering some of the news stories. I'll definitely be keeping an eye on this. You know, this uh, property tax uh, committee, this task force. Unfortunately, we did see that uh, the sponsors of Proposition HH were appointed to it, so we can kind of see uh, what some of it's going to be going towards. But nonetheless, I'll be talking about it for sure on the on the weekly roundup going forward. Thank you, Natalie. Yeah, and I'll just mention. I I did hear that. Andy Kerr, our county commissioner out here in Jeffco, will be representing. Um, I have to laugh. I'm sorry. I, it's laugh or cry, one of the two here. Um, laugh that Andy Kerr got appointed to this with, I don't think he has the robust knowledge needed, one. But also he's representing from Boulder to El Paso um, as a county commissioner on this only 19-member committee. And this is the guy that wanted to overturn Tabor completely. And if anybody wants to read about that more, they just have to look up the Kerr, which is K-E-R-R, versus Hickenlooper. Very famous case, about 10 years going around and round, meant to overturn our Tabor completely. And this is one of the 19 members appointed to this committee. So, but they'll meet twice a month. So once some, it'll probably be down to Capitol. Um, it'll, it's probably published some point on the Capitol, the leg, um, legislative I website. Okay. Um, and it'll probably broadcast the schedule there where people can um, chime in during whatever public comment they are going to provide. I assume they will. Okay. Okay. Natalie Minton, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. And Brandon Wark, again, thank you. And Natalie's a director at the Tabor Foundation, among other things that she does. And Brandon Wark, find everything at freestatecolorado.com. Appreciate all the great work that you're doing. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Kim. Okay.
community. Okay, absolutely. And uh, Ashley, you can find the list of these members. You can go to leg, that's L-E-G dot Colorado dot gov. And then, proper, and as Natalie said, just put in uh, property tax task force. Uh, and that actually will come up. And all those members are noted there. And uh, did want to mention the Center for American Values located down in Pueblo, Colorado. Great gift idea is their Medal of Honor quote book. Uh, and I'd recommend it for students and, and also anybody on your guest list. But it has these amazing uh, quotes from our Medal of Honor recipients. Very inspirational, very thought-provoking. And you can get more information by going to AmericanValues.org. That's AmericanValues.org. I, I know that we have some people that want to call in, 303-477-5600. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to do all these conversations because of uh, our sponsors like John Boson. A recent report notes that the number of children diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder is consistently and dramatically increasing. This is heartbreaking. If your child or grandchild or someone you know has been diagnosed with autism or ADHD following exposure to Tylenol or acetaminophen during pregnancy, call Boson Law at 303-999-9999. Boson Law is a Colorado-based law firm who has been fighting Big Pharma for over 20 years. Call now at 303-999-9999 for a free, no-obligation review of your potential claim. Call now at 303-999-9999. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Franktown Firearms staff and customers alike are concerned with your safety and ability to shoot well, and that comes from the sense of community that they foster at their shop. The staff doesn't work on commissions from sales, so there won't be any pressure to buy what you don't need. They host events like Ladies' Night every first Friday and a Tactical Fun Night every third Friday because they value their community and they understand that selling the most expensive product doesn't help you learn to shoot. Your money goes further at Franktown because they'd rather you to be self-sufficient with what you already own and be proficient in using it. If you're looking for a range and shop that can take you to the next level in your self-defense training, learn how to shoot in realistic scenarios from instructors who have been there, done that. Then look no further than Franktown Firearms. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Back to the Kim Munson Show. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. I just wanted to mention another great gift idea is to uh, purchase a gift certificate for a portrait of the family or of uh, your children uh, from Jansen Photography. These are treasures, and you will love them forever. And you can uh, get more information about that by going to jansenphotography.com. Uh, I've got Gammy on the line. I did want to mention just a couple of things. Uh, again, you can uh, find that property tax task force. You can just put that in your search engine for Colorado, and it will get you over to that. Um, Natalie's off the line. I don't know who the committee chair was who said it's great that we got done before the game. And another listener said Lakewood doesn't even follow its charter when they took a Tabor timeout. They were going to have a 24% increase in property tax collection. 
if uh, the mill was not decreased, it ended up with a 12%, which is still over the charter allowed. And so a uh, caution. If people think our legislators won't take advantage of the situation, we've got another thing coming. Gammy's on the line. We've got two minutes. Gammy, sorry to get us jammed up. I know you have something important that you want to share with everyone. I do. Um, Bravo to them and you for what you're doing. Our legislators needed plug into you. I wrote a letter to my commissioner, city council, health board, mayor, sheriffs, and other officials, and all my mailing list and media. And this is what it said. And there were eight attachments of proof. This is about COVID, the Ebola shots, everything that is a crime against every human on this planet. Here's part of the letter. I sent you all of it. We now know that COVID is actually a biological pathogen started in 1967, 56 years ago, engineered here in the U.S., tracked to czars to biological weaponization platforms and 2002 patent as an infectious replicant defective. This means it was a biological weapon against humanity. The patent was twice turned down. Then the CDC was bribed and they ran it through UNC Chapel Hill into Wuhan as W. IV1. Then then it was poised for human emergence, whether it was going to be released. It was a respiratory pathogen, accidentally or deliberately. It was tested on dogs and pigs first, and I'm going to skip some of this, but what it got down to was I asked them to stop all shots, jabs related to any COVID flu and other related shots, formerly called vaccines, which they are not. Further stop all clinics in the schools, bus clinics at schools, and public shots. And then I went on to tell them if they did not, they were murdering and creating genocide on every citizen that we have. I gave them Dr. David Martin's report, his report to the UK Parliament in the last year with other doctors thousands of doctors worldwide are signing into this because nature they said was hijacked science was not applied fauci and many others are complicit in all the game of function i gave them okay. Sue peters died suddenly and the okay. list of all the garbage the toxins gammy every vaccine so for kids and You're- all of us the research that you're doing on that is absolutely amazing. So, Gammy, thank you for sharing, and apologies that we got jammed up on time. But, again, Gammy, thanks for everything that you're doing. Our quote for the end of the show is from Chester W. Nimitz. says, I have just taken on a great responsibility, and I will do my utmost to meet it. And, uh, my friends, today be grateful. Read great books. Think good thoughts. Listen to beautiful music. Communicate and listen well. Live honestly and authentically. Strive for high ideals. And like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you. And God bless America. Those are the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.